Bethel World Outreach Church. Reaching a city to touch the world. You know, we can't talk about the grace. Go to Titus 2 really quick. I'm going to show you something about God's grace. I'm going to show you something about God's grace. I'm going to do it briefly. Read this out loud. Read this out loud with me. One, two, ready, read. This is the problem. It's called sin. But the Bible says all of sin and come short of the glory of God. So raise your hand in here if you're the person who has never, ever, ever sinned. Just raise your hands. We want to see you. Oh, yeah, I saw your hand, sister. You, you want to take that back? Yeah, you do. I, I thought so. See, it's amazing that we believe that the wages of sin is death and death passed from one man to all of us because of one transgression, but we have a difficult time believing that because of one man's righteous life laid down for us that life can pass to everybody who believes. Grace is uh, kindness. Grace is pure love. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is God. The grace that brings salvation actually simply deals with your past. You and I can't deal with our past, our state of eternal separation from God. That is what we deserve. Everybody take a deep breath. That was a gift from God because the wages of sin is death. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You didn't pay for it. It wasn't guaranteed. It wasn't promised to you. But he, through his mercy, is already extending to you grace. And sometimes we devalue it because we don't know how to see it. But grace deals with your past. Anybody got some things that haunt them from their past Sometimes my past don't haunt me. I kind of like talking about my past, my, my, my before Christ days. I, I kind of almost talk about, you know, without, before Christ, oh, I used to cuss, oh, you know, just whatever it is. It's something about it that becomes, it's we're so fleshly that even in remembering it, there's a level of enjoyment there. And then the pattern of guilt and shame and, and what was, sometimes we just wish we could Make what happened in our life as if it never happened. Have you ever been there? I just don't ever want to remember that. I don't want nobody to remind me of that. I don't want to have to deal with that. And because it's pain, when you remember your pain, you cause Christ and other people. Now, I'm going to try to tell you why good news is good news. It's because he tells us stuff like this. When you believe... He says, I cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. They don't meet. He says, I blot out your transgression. That's like losing white out, like that doesn't exist. Then he says, 
I know it's factual that you dealt with sin, that did, did, you did sin, but I don't treat you like a sinner. Oh, look at you. You're your nasty self. I see you. Get on going on there and sit down. He's not, he not dealing with us in a, in, in a bad way. See, this love that he's shown to us, this grace has appeared. You weren't longing for the grace. You weren't even knowing you needed the grace. The grace, when it showed up, showed you a light of where you've gone wrong, and it showed you the path of what you can get to go right by believing in Jesus Christ. We quote the Scripture, put John 3.16 up there. We quote John 3.16 all the time, but we don't really comprehend the full measure of all the verses. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. That's good news. For God, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to, sa to save the world through him. He's not here to make you feel bad about what did not go right. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the Lord or on the only Son. Do you mean to tell me that the grace, his death, burial, and resurrection that appeared is good enough for all, but how I access it is simply belief. It's not through your effort. You ever really try hard not to sin and find yourself falling within the first five minutes? You ever been there? I know you don't want to raise your hand, but you've been there. You know what I'm talking about? I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. Man, I just did it. <laughs> and I mean, shame and guilt and all that stuff come in, and you just don't even know what to do with yourself. I ain't even going to church today. I don't even want to be around the saints. I'm just terrible. See, but he steps in, and, but a person who believes, believes that he had the power to lay down his life and pick his life back up again and then offer his life to you. He really calls you a son of God, calls you an heir and a joint heir with Christ, calls you his righteousness, gives you his peace, gives you his salvation, puts you in his beloved, imparts to you eternal life, and he gives you all these things through the power of his grace, and it's not for you to... Do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it. And so that the more you see your God, the more you worship him. You start, when they, when they, because you know, you could be in a room where people say, grace, mercy. You think, I don't even feel it. But you apply it to your life. Apply it to your last circumstance. Blot out your last circumstance. Even if you don't have mel melody in you, you'll be saying, Grace, yeah, mercy, grace, yeah, like him, Lord. You just be pointing to the worship team because you can't get words. But yeah, like that, Jesus, hallelujah. The second thing it does, he, he not, the grace not only deals with your past, in verse 12, it helps you in your present reality, your present circumstances. Listen to verse 12. He says, it teaches us to say no. The grace teaches you something. 
The grace doesn't just deal with your past by you believing. It teaches you to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life. That means you're being instructed. You're being nurtured. You're being moved forward. You're, being, you're, you're growing up in God. You're, you're going through the process of becoming more and more like him. The more and more you behold him, the more and more you become like him. And he's giving you that freedom to, to, to be saved. The Bible says, he said, he that is born of God does not commit sin. For sin, for 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 if he that is born of God does not commit sin, because the seed of God, the word of God abides in him, and he cannot sin, or he cannot practice sin. So you know what happens? You know how God teaches you? Watch this. He says, "It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repent." That means every time you do something bad, he don't he don't say, you know, you you're, you're bad and slap you. What he say? Let me, hey, you know, let me give him some more grace. And mercy. This is his character. You just did something wrong, and he's a grace, mercy. Now, if you look at it wrong, you feel the freedom to keep sinning. If you look at it right, you start getting transformed and start living differently because in the present age, he's able to help you. But if you look at it from a wicked standpoint, well, I can just do what I want to do. But you know what? You won't be able to stomach that long because it's immature. He'll grow you up. It teaches you to say no. Well, you know, I gave in. But, you know, you don't give in like you used to give in. You used to give in every second, every hour, every, every minute. Now you just, now you fighting. Like you fighting. Like, I, I don't want to do it, Jesus. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, Jesus. One time, you know, I, you know, y'all, know I don't, y'all know I don't drink, but I probably, the probably reason I don't drink is because God know. God know I would fall off. I have an excessive personality. Y'all know I don't need to drink. Y'all find me wandering in the woods somewhere. Where is he at? He out in the woods. He in the woods. Jesus, somebody go get him. Get him. Pastor James is in the woods. <laughs> one time, one time, I was, I had decided, my, my college roommates, everybody was putting peer pressure on me because I didn't have sex, do drugs, and all, all this stuff. And they had a, he had a 40 ounce in the, in the refrigerator, and I just pulled it out, and I was sitting on my dorm room bed with that 40, and I uncapped it. <laughs> smelled it, <laughs> and it was his grace. It wasn't my decision. Yeah. See, in that moment, it's easy to give yourself credit for the ability to say no, but it wasn't me. I'd already, I'd already given in. I, I cracked it open to drink it. But grace and mercy Grace, I can't live without your grace and mercy. Grace, I can't live without his grace mercy. See, 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 whatever your circumstance is, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're going through. But if you've been ever able to say no, it's because of his grace and mercy. That's it. That's, that's the power. This is the power of the gospel. I thought it was my self-control. I, I, 
I thought it was my soul power. I thought it was my mental ability. I, I didn't give God enough credit for his ability to step in. I have an inability to say no. He has a supernatural ability to help me say no. Okay, the last one. Look at verse 13, and I'll move on. While we wait for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, God's grace not only deals with your past. God's grace not only deals with your present circumstances and situations. God's grace is going to give you a hope for the future. I know, I know the devil told you it ain't worth it being on this planet. I didn't marry who I want to marry. I didn't get the job I wanted to get. I don't have the level of education. I don't like my house. I, I got to like my kids, but I sometimes don't like them. <laughs> and he's telling you there's no reason or hope for the future. The world, they're impeaching the president. Don't know how I feel about it. People psychologically just get overwhelmed by the pains of society. You don't want to live. You want to cut yourself. You want to hurt yourself. You want to run away. That's why the Spirit of the Lord is here talking about the grace. Because you got to go home and you got to battle. See, you might not be battling in a drink, but you might be battling a gun. See, I'm the guy who's got the guy with the gun in the car, and he's wanting to say it's not worth it because he doesn't see the future, and I'm trying to convince him through God's grace there is a future. Put that gun down, man. No, you know, and you know what it was? It's because he didn't see what the grace had for his past. For his past, he couldn't see what it was doing for his present. He couldn't see what it was doing for the future. And all he had was the gun. What do you have to your head? Why are you sabotaging your life? Why do you think it's over? Why do you think you're right? You are absolutely right. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. God's grace, grace. I can't. You should be singing it. It's your turn. Grace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can sense the Spirit of the Lord giving you grace. Hallelujah. I, I can hear the Lord saying, I'm bringing some adjustments to some of your lives. You counted me out. You've forgotten what's available to you. Yes, it's me in this moment reminding you that I'm available to you. I am your exceeding great reward, saith the Lord. I've not forgotten you, what I promised you. For I have rescued you from every dark place and everything that stalks you and every scheme of the enemy and every trap that's been laid out for you. I have healed you from it. I have delivered you from it, saith the Lord. 
It's a new day for you, saith God. It's a new day. Don't remember the former things. Let them go. Let them go. It's a new grace. There's a fresh grace on you. It's my work in your life, saith the Lord. I can't live without your if you've watched this message and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, I've got good news. You can do it right now. I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life for the rest of my life. I acknowledge I am a sinner. I need you, my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I confess that you are now Lord of my life. If you've just prayed that prayer, I have good news for you. You have eternal life. The next step for you is to get in a Bible-believing church. We volunteer to be that church. But if not us, we pray God's blessings on you as you search for God's best for you. Thank you. Bethel World Outreach Church. Reaching a city to touch the world.